0: Hello everybody, this is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, February 8th, 2018. Can you believe this? We're already in February. This year is going by fast. But what's not going fast, (laughs) or at least wasn't, is the um, coalition that... Chancellor Angela Merkel of Germany has put together, it's taken her four months to put this coalition together since the German elections, federal elections in September of last year, and you'll recall that in that election, her Christian Democrat party did not get anywhere close to what it had had before. Her coalition partners the Social Democrats, uh, led by their party leader Martin Schulz, uh, did very, very poorly. The Alternative for Deutschland party, that's the party in Germany that is being tarred with the label of being far right, and indeed there are some very far right people in that party, but basically that party just simply wants the borders to be controlled and an end to this insane immigration policy that's coming out of Brussels that has afflicted most of the European Union with the exceptions of Hungary and Poland, of course, because those countries' leaders have said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not having a uh, culture in, uh, in our countries that is totally foreign to the culture of our countries. So it's not politics, it's culture. But in any case, Angela Merkel has just yesterday announced the formation of a coalition government, finally, with her former coalition partners, the Social Democrats. And you're saying, now, wait a minute, isn't that the same coalition that the Germans basically voted against uh, in the last election? And that's true. (laughs) That's basically what they voted against. And uh, here we are back in the same boat, but this coalition comes at a high cost. I've I've linked a New York Times article here because I think, you know, I don't normally uh, cite the New York Times that much, but this analysis of uh, Katrine Benholt, who is the lady that authored this article, um. This is almost exactly what I thought and said after the German elections were over last year that you know this is this whatever coalition Merkel forms is going to be a very weak coalition and it's not a coalition that looks too good for the long term uh political and cultural prospects for Germany here's the first three paragraphs I'm going to skip around a lot in this article draw your attention to certain things here and then close out with a commentary of a very brief nature. So here we go. Quote, after four months of tortuous negotiations with her fate and Germany's hanging in the balance, Chancellor Angela Merkel on Wednesday announced a deal for a new government. But it was telling that Ms. Merkel in power for 12 years looked more weary than jubilant. The New Deal came with the same old coalition partners, her conservative alliance, and the left-leaning Social Democrats, is precisely the government that the Germans had voted against in inconclusive elections last September. It leaves the far-right, there's the New York Times for you, the far-right alternative for Germany as the country's leading opposition party. And it comes at a high cost for Ms. Merkel, the incredible shrinking chancellor, who had to relinquish key ministries. What is troubling for many Germans is not necessarily bad news for Europe, which for years has depended on stability in Berlin and has been waiting in limbo as Ms. Merkel stumbled toward a deal. Now, I'm skipping uh, several paragraphs here. Uh, The basic thrust of the coalition deal is that the Christian Democrats, Angela Merkel's party, is not in control of the German finance ministry. Now, this is a huge change because the previous finance minister, German finance minister, Wolfgang Schäuble, was from her party. He's the foreign minister that you'll recall made that, I think, breathtaking statement a couple years ago at a G8 summit or a G20 summit that the era of the debt growth model was over. In other words, you cannot... Uh, finance your way to prosperity. You have to have real equity. You have to be producing something, all right? So Schäuble is out. The Social Democrats are in. This may presage a change in the austerity economic policies that were coming out of Brussels, largely due to uh, Schäuble's influence within the European Union. So let me skip now down to a few more paragraphs in this important article. Beyond economics, Ms. Merkel has been the rock of European foreign policy, demanding a tough line on maintaining economic sanctions against Russia after the conflict in the Ukraine, while other European countries were far less enthusiastic. No, Ms. Merkel was a lapdog to the United States and didn't stand up to the United States And as a result, what happened was she put in, at the same time, Europe is undergoing the immigration crisis, that Schäuble is imposing austerity. Then she goes and toes the line with the sanctions against Russia. And you recall, I've made several blogs over the past few years, even talked about it in a couple of news and views, that this was very unpopular with German businessmen. And in addition, of course, Germany gets a lot of its energy imports from Russia. So we saw not only in Germany, but we also saw this in Italy as well. We saw Italian and German businessmen going directly to Russia and trying to cut deals directly and simply bypass their, their governments altogether. Uh, now, continuing, quote, France still needs Germany, not <laughs> pardon me, not least to help bridge a growing rift between east and west on the continent. Nationalist leaders in Central and Eastern Europe, led by Hungary's Prime Minister Viktor Orban, are challenging the liberal consensus at the heart of the European bloc. The window to reshape Europe is short. Come fall, the last leg of the Brexit talks, a hard-fought election in the German state of Bavaria, and the prospect of European elections will make it harder. And again, I'm challenging this notion that if you're defending your borders and trying to defend your culture, that you're necessarily a nationalist or that this is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Hungary and Mr. Orban, you'll recall, have also been passing laws and investigating George Soros and some of his activities. So they're viewing this in Eastern Europe, this is very important, they're viewing this kind of of a piece. It's not just immigration, they're looking at the structure of the EU, they're looking at the hidden influence behind the scenes of people that are trying to mold nations in their own, and in Mr. Soros's case, very twisted and warped image. Continuing, Germany will increase its contribution to the European Union budget, the paper pledges, and it will cooperate with Europe on defense and migration. Okay, so in other words, what that's telling you is there's going to be no real change in the policies of this new coalition government that Ms. Merkel has hammered out, and that means, in my opinion, folks, that her government probably is not going to last the full term, that there will be some sort of crisis, it will collapse, the coalition will collapse, and you'll see another German election. Now, that may not necessarily be a good thing, and I think this lady who wrote this article is getting it right uh, toward the end, so bear that in mind, that we've got something coming up at the end here. Uh, Quote, it's the first time that Europe is the first chapter in a German coalition treaty, said Henrik Enderlein of the Hertie School of Governance in Berlin. And he goes on to say, quote, this is a clear signal that the government wants to work with President Macron on reforming and strengthening Europe, unquote. On the open to close spectrum, this was a signal for openness, but unlike in France, where Mr. Macron ran on a transparently pro-European platform campaigning with the European flag and playing the European anthem on election night, Europe hardly featured on the German campaign trail. The alternative for Germany immediately dismissed Wednesday's deal as proof that Europe's elites were ignoring the concerns of ordinary voters once again and if i were in europe and if i were in germany and watched this coalition being put together the very same coalition more or less that we just voted against uh i'd be feeling more or less the same way um in other words you know we went through this whole thing and nothing has changed now to me again this means that this new coalition government is going to be very weak And if it continues, as it sounds like it's going to in the same old policies, with the exception of Schäuble's austerity, I think, again, you're going to see um, the grumbling may decrease for a while, but I think it will still be there because nothing really is being addressed uh, from the sounds of it. I mean, time will tell. Maybe they will put in some saner policies, but um, I doubt it. Now, continuing, this is um, this is Alexander Gauland. Uh, he is a former member of Ms. Merkel's conservative C- uh, CDU who became a lawmaker for the Alternative for Deutschland party. And he states, quote, one wonders why Mr. Macron doesn't just move into the chancellery, <laughs> unquote. So in other words... Um, Not a popular move on the part of the alternative for Deutschland. And remember, this party, uh, while it certainly is not uh, considered to be one of the historical mainstream parties in Germany, it arose just very recently, you'll recall that it captured over 90 seats in the Bundestag in that last election. So let's end this uh, New York Times article here. For many, the coalition deal represented a bittersweet success, a sort of short-term fix, and that's exactly what it is. I I think this lady has pegged this absolutely correctly here. A sort of short-term fix with potentially steep political costs. A backlash in the making that could push ever more voters to the extremes. In the two years since Ms. Merkel opened Germany's door to more than a million migrants, the country's political landscape has changed drastically and much of the Chancellor's ability to forge consensus has eroded, witness losing the finance ministry as a price for this coalition. All three parties now returning to government had their worst election results since the 1940s. Well, um... That would have to be 1949 and on, because obviously there weren't elections during the Second World War and before the formation of the Federal Republic. Quote, the the Merkel era, and this is uh, another AFD alternative for Germany spokesman uh, speaking here, I believe. The Merkel era is synonymous with a strong and stable Germany. That's what we had for the last decade. Mr. Enderline said, that era is coming to an end, and we don't yet know what comes after. In other words, yeah, this is a short-term fix. Nothing has changed, really. Uh, and here is the cost. And this is, this is the author's conclusion that wrote this article in the New York Times. And I think she is on to something here. So listen carefully. The alternative may be no better. If the coalition collapses and Germany is forced to call a snap election, the extremes will benefit, both inside and outside the main parties, analysts predict. This is the worst possible outcome. In other words, um, uh, pardon me, let me finish that. This is the worst possible outcome, said uh, Mr. Leonard of the European Council on Foreign Relations, except for all the other ones, unquote. So in other words, yeah, this coalition government is not a good outcome. It's more of the same. Now, you'll notice that in this article there was a lot of stress on the EU and making the EU stronger. And what this article is not addressing is something I think it could be looming in the wings as well that is going to play a big role in European politics over the next decade. And that is this idea of the creation of a common European military. Because what this article is not telling you is that while Germany and Merkel have been pressing for this and indeed have been integrating Czech and and Dutch and Danish units into the command structure of the German military as a kind of first step towards this common European military, What is happening in France is that France is beginning to balk at the idea very quietly and behind the scenes, and I suspect the reason why is that in any common European defense system where you have a common military, it will again be Germany that's in the driver's seat, and the problem that the French have. Is that, of course, France is a thermonuclear power. It has hydrogen bombs and A bombs, you know, just like Russia and Great Britain and the United States. And that deterrent was built precisely by President de Gaulle uh, back in the 60s to ensure that France had a measure of independence and sovereignty from the two superpowers. All right. I think you're going to see that issue is going to become increasingly a major issue because both France and Germany are going to want to be in the driver's seat of a common EU military. The other issue I think that is even more significant that could potentially tear this coalition apart is this ongoing um, sanctions regime against Russia. Because, again, as I've said, Germany imports a lot of its energy from Russia, and as long as that situation with the sanctions continues, those German businesses are being prevented from trading with Russia, and it's really an insane regime anyway. Uh, the globalists are simply demonizing uh, Mr. Putin, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, Ms. Merkel has been basically subservient to those interests. So I think eventually we're going to see this coalition perhaps go the way that it should have gone in the last election. Uh, my hope is that you will, in Germany, be able to replace these moribund leaders of your major parties and clean house uh, and and make those parties genuinely representative of the wishes and and aspirations of the nation rather than of globalists and so on we went through this process here we're still going through it um these people do not have the welfare of the of the culture as their primary goal so lots to look at here folks this this is not a good situation um as I thought this was if she was successful in forming a coalition, it would be very weak. And this is going to be a weak coalition. Um, if they don't change their domestic policies, I don't think this coalition will last. Uh, they'll do some window dressing and things will be fine for a while, and people will kind of calm down. but uh, I don't think there's going to be any fundamental change. And so long as there's not any fundamental change in in the domestic policies in Berlin or Brussels, the situation is not going to go away. It's just going to get worse. Uh, We saw an example of of this recently with the story of the lady in Germany who had insisted on bringing in all these refugees and so on and teaching them German and helping them integrate into German society. She finally gave up and said, no, I made a big mistake. This isn't going to happen, and she she moved to Poland, you know, where where they're not doing that. So so anyway, um, this coalition, you know, if I were to make a prediction, I think the German elections are once every five years. Um, I would be surprised if this coalition coalition makes it four years without drastic changes in policy. So we'll see. Um, that's that's. That's the story out of Berlin. Now, tomorrow we do have a uh, members' vid chat, and that will be at 2 o'clock U.S. Central time. Uh, I've already had questions submitted. I suspect I might start that vid chat perhaps a half an hour early. Uh, I will be in pre-chat early, a, a couple of hours early, so I hope to see everybody with a good turnout tomorrow for the vid chat. Over the next uh, couple of weeks, I will be having some company, so my blogs may be a bit hit and miss. Uh, I'm going to try to get blogs pre-scheduled, but I've got a lot of preparation to do to uh, prepare for the company. So anyway, that's it. I hope to see everybody in VidChat, and we'll see everybody on the flip side. Bye-bye, and God bless.